Hi, friends, and welcome to 24 Karat Conversations. I'm your host, Rhonda Velez. Let's be real. Testing and trials are never fun. But what I have found is that we aren't alone in those seasons. My favorite Bible verse is Job 23.10. For when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We're going to share some amazing stories of people who have endured and emerged as pure gold in the midst of hard circumstances. We're going to laugh, probably cry, and get super transparent about life and the struggles we endure. So sit back, relax. It's about to get real. Hello, 24 Karat Tribe. Welcome back. Okay, I am over the moon excited about having Jessica Shakira on because one, she's been on our podcast before. However, when we're talking this time, we're talking about transitions and Jessica has had a lot of transitions in the last year. And I'm going to let Jessica tell her a little bit about herself. And then we're going to go into talking about um, how crazy we are and that we're trying to read the Bible in 30 days. Yes, we're going to talk about that. And show yourself, girl. Tell, tell us about you. <laughs> I love you, Rhonda. Thank you for having me here. I'm honored to be on your podcast again. I'm honored to be in your life. I'm honored to call you friend. And ladies on the other end of this podcast, hello. It's so good to meet you. God bless you. Okay, so I am Jessica Shakir. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a, a creature of the creator. I am I'm a creative obsessed with the glory and the beauty of God. And that has taken on, that's looked differently through my life, where I've used different vehicles to, to reveal and point back to the beauty and glory of God. So for 25 years, I was a hair and makeup artist in the entertainment industry, traveling the world. Uh, I've been to over 20 countries for an American that's pretty good. And I love it so much. I love people. I love culture. And through my work as an artist, just being able to have those intimate moments with people and and touching their face and cupping their cheeks. And really one of the biggest things that was revealed to me in that round, there was, as I look at each human, I am looking at the glory of God. And we have been made in the image and likeness of God. Then when I look at a soul into the eyes of a person, I'm seeing a little bit more of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And, And so now I have been for the past three years, I've been a mentor and a coach and founder of the Beautiful Mind Academy. And I just delight in it so much because I still am able to live out my passion and my purpose of exploring and experience God's beauty, but in a different way. It yeah. used to be through the avenue and the vehicle of being a makeup artist. And now it's through meaningful conversations and online and offline events for women from all over the world to come into. So, and I think what I love about you, Jess, is that you, you know, I'm, sh- you know, when you did makeup and you're meeting with people one-on-one, I always feel like hairdressers, people are doing, you know, your face massages. Those are really like intimate times that you get to spend with people. And so you probably learned really well how to listen to people. And little did you know that that career was setting you up for something that God had called you to something greater. And I think that is the beautiful thing about transition, right? Like we all go through periods and seasons of transition. And sometimes we don't see what on the other side is that, you know, what he's using us here for is going to be used later. Um, And so I know you had an accident um, not too long ago, and it kind of changed really the way that you were able to work. And 
So I want you to share a little bit about that story and then just kind of like, tell us a little bit about the journey to transitioning from being a makeup artist, something that you knew and loved to helping other women like just step into their purpose. Yeah. In 2019, my life changed. I didn't see it coming at all. And my husband and I am happily married to my my sweet, handsome hubby, Vincent Shakir. Love you, babe. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Vincent. Shout out. We were living in New York at the time, Rhonda, and I was making the trip back to LA once a month because I had two shows that I was doing makeup for. And I was just going back and forth. You know, I'm used to traveling. That was my big part of my life and my career. And one work trip, I hurt my neck. And I thought it was, ooh, ouch, I might be down for three days. Or mm-hmm. maybe, ooh, it might hurt for two weeks. I've had scoliosis all my life. I've worn a back brace with metal around my neck for three years when I was a teenager. And that was incredibly painful and such an arduous journey there. And so I knew, whoa, my neck is hurting so bad. But I was thinking that it just might be like a two-week thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it ended up being a five-month in bed rest thing. I had two bulges on the back of my neck that were pressing into my spinal sac, mm-hmm. which surrounds your cord. So it was very serious, and it was almost very, very serious, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And in those five months, Rhonda, I just, I, I, I was shocked. I rug pulled out from under your feet, whatever you want to say. I was in a place where I never even thought would happen. I never planned for it, didn't expect it. We've all had those moments in life. And so then you're faced with now what? What do I do? God, what do I, how do you want me to be right now? And as a makeup artist, I found myself with a neck injury, with excruciating pain, not being able to even open my own medicine bottle for myself, not even being having the strength to open the front door on my own. I was encountered very quickly with the reality that I'm not good with asking for help. Ooh. And I was just put into a situation where I needed all the help. And so it was then that God did very deep therapy. <clears throat> and I've grown up in the church and thank God I've known the love of Jesus all my life. I don't remember not. And, and yet it was in 2019 in the beginning of that wilderness journey. I didn't know how long it would take. It ended up being 18 months of really intense pain, not feeling like myself, not thinking clearly, not being able to do the work that I love. Now granted within that time, I would try to go back to work and it just, I would get hurt more and it Mm -hmm. would push me back. And I realized, wow, Lord, am I not going to be able to do makeup anymore? I can hardly hold, hold my spoon without my hand shaking. How am I going to do winged eyeliner? Are you, how are you going to put somebody's eyeliner on? <laughs> I mean, somebody's going to look very, very funky on TV. <laughs> and so I encountered, of course, disappointment and sadness, thinking it's just really not going to be a part of my life anymore. Yeah. And so God met me there. It was a really honest time with Jesus. And I got to know him so much deeper. And he, I allowed him to know me so much deeper. And it was in that time, I'm going to summarize how God shifted my thinking, really shifted the trajectory of my life in that time with a cute little story about my husband. So he was in New York because we had been living there. 
And I all of a sudden had to stay in California. Thank God I was with my family when this happened. And Vincent called me and we're on the phone and he said, Jess, baby, I've been praying for you. I hate to see you in so much pain. And I hate to see you not being able to do what you love. And so, babe, I've been praying, God, what does she love doing even more than makeup? And then he chuckled and said, babe, you love talking way more than you love doing makeup. Why don't you, why don't you start preaching and teaching and mentoring? And that's what I did. That's what I did, Rhonda. And so good. God invited me into that. And he had to change my thinking before that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, before my thinking changed, he had to change my heart. Yeah. And I wouldn't have chosen this transition, but it happened and God didn't waste it. And so in this transition, though it be very painful, so much fruit yeah. blossomed, flourished in my life, fruit that'll be make a change for all of eternity for me and so many women and what an honor. And so that's how God shifted the trajectory of my life. I would have been happily pursuing my jet setter makeup artistry life mm-hmm. for maybe another 25 years. And yet my body couldn't handle it. I realized I wasn't picking up on the cues that my body was trying to tell me. My body was trying to communicate to me. And I just kept chewing it away like an annoying toddler, you know, like yeah. go away. I don't, because I told you just go away. Meanwhile, my body was like, mommy, mommy, mommy. Yeah. So, and yeah, a big red flag. Please stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that is how it began. So, is did you do you feel like because in the last episode we had with Kathy Lorzell, she talked about like having to actually grieve yeah. that season of it being oh that being over. Not meaning that you would never do makeup, but at, probably at the level that you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's really healthy, and I feel like God wants us to grieve. Mm-hmm. that season of it being done and it being finished and it's okay um, yes. to come to him with a very honest heart and be able to tell him like, I'm really sad about this. Even though, you know, whatever he has for you next is great. Yeah. Um, being able to grieve it and be honest, I think is something um, yeah. that a lot of people struggle with. Well, I just had to look up the, step, the seven stages of grief because mm-hmm. when you're asking the question, I realized, well, there's definitely denial before I actually allowed myself to grieve. And uh, the first stage, I already talked about shock, shocking, mm-hmm. change your life. Second stage is denial. You know, I, I, oh, man, I forced myself to go back to work, even though my body was saying no. And the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit was saying rest. I'm yeah. inviting you into this. And mm-hmm. I thought my world will collapse if I don't work. Mm-hmm. So I would force myself into job situation or go back to the show. And I'm thinking, looking back, how and why did I do that? Because I was in denial. I just kept thinking, oh, this too shall pass. Yeah. You know, so once I <laughs> was confronted with the reality that this is, this is big, Jess. Mm-hmm. stop and think about this then I was able to go through the different levels of, of grieving and allow myself to grieve and I allowed myself to grieve and just pour out my tears and my honesty through the emotions and and I was grieving things like god I'm a newly married wife and I can't even make love to my husband yeah and I waited till I was married to have sex and now this you know because for five months I was in bed rest so that's Right. Months, right then. <laughs> it's not a great way. We have to start your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was grieving having to what I thought was 
giving up my makeup career entirely. And I had to grieve not being able to travel and not being able to, honestly, I was grieving my life because I'm a free spirit. And now I felt trapped and bound and I had my own stay at home order. And so I was grieving everything about my life that could possibly never go back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people just hearing this might be thinking of their experience through 2020. We all encountered the same shock and denial Mm -hmm. and grieving when we entered 2020. And I will say, Rhonda, that God is so good to prepare me spiritually and mentally and emotionally that what happened to me beginning January, 2019, prepared me to show up in a way that I was able to pour out and to give and to create a safe place in 2020 Yeah, for women, not by doing their makeup, mm-hmm. but by creating the Beautiful Mind Academy. I didn't even see it coming. Friend. Yeah. And I love that you call it Beautiful Mind because I think, especially as a makeup artist, right, there's so much focused on outward beauty, yeah. right? But we really know that like God even says, he does not look at the outward appearance, but he looks on our, in our hearts. Yeah. And I think that starts with transforming your mind because you cannot be, you can't have a beautiful heart with having, without having a beautiful mind. Mm-hmm. And so I love the fact that you call it Beautiful Mind Academy because those things connect, you know, they, they're, they're all connected. Yeah. And it just, it, it speaks so much to your love for, for helping other women, not meaning the transition was not easy. And, and I think with grief, um, what I've learned is there's a lot of, it's a cycle, but you don't get out of, it's not like you just automatically one day pop out of the cycle. You know, I'm sure there were very hard days in between that transition where you thought you were done accepting it. I've come to acceptance. Wait, no, maybe I haven't, you know, and you kind of go back through it. I remember my therapist telling me like, when you're going through the cycle of grief, Rhonda, just don't stay in depression. Like you can go in and out of all the other ones, but just don't stay there. Mm. Um, you know, and so I think it's just really important when you're transitioning to be very hyper aware of, you know, your feelings and emotions that you're going through. And then also not to shame yourself for feeling like, oh man, I, I didn't grieve right. Or why am I, why am I sad about it again? Like it, it's okay. Like yeah. you're human and, and it's okay. You're going to feel all different emotions, even if things are going well, you know, yeah. um, I think that's just part of transitions. Yeah. And the thing that is jumping out for me as you're speaking, I'm listening to you and I'm just thinking of like, wow, how God has worked through me and has rescued me time and time again and moving through grief and the transition joy became so vital Mm -hmm. for me and I looked at joy a little differently in that time and joy isn't just a happy feeling or fleeting emotion Mm -hmm. or it's not it's not even a place it's not like when I get to Hawaii I'll be joyful when I get to Disney I'll be joyful Mm -hmm. joy is actually a person it's Jesus and our joy is made complete in him and so joy doesn't come from the world it, it's otherworldly. It comes from heaven. It comes from Jesus. And in that moment in time in my life, that chapter of my life, I had to be so defiantly, tenaciously joy filled. Mm-hmm. It didn't really look joyful, but I just had to allow myself to be filled with God's joy. And I remembered 
you know, I'll, I'll be honest that the goal here, right. Is that. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be transparent. <laughs> right. This was the first time in my life that I really longed for heaven. Mm-hmm. Not, it wasn't, I, I didn't suffer from any suicidal ideation. It was, I needed to escape the pain that was all consuming. I began to long for heaven and imagine what that would be like. And Jesus there, and who am I going to be in heaven? And and then I felt like Jesus was walking me through this exercise. He was like, yeah, just imagining this real place. This is a real inheritance. Your pain will not last forever, but your joy will. And that's a fact. And you can bank on that as a promise from Jesus. And so I would tell myself, my pain won't last forever, but my joy will, you know? (laughs) So I felt him walk me through this exercise of who are you going to be in heaven when there's no more pain, there's no more fear, there's no more flaws or limitations. Who are you going to be when you're completely free? Think of her. And I thought of me there in heaven when I'm just completely free. Thank you, Jesus. And then I felt... Jesus whispered to me, just be her now, even for mm-hmm. five minutes at a time. Yeah. Like, whoa, wait, but I can't be that now. I have pain and I have this and I have that. And it was just a simple invitation to be her now, even just five That's minutes. So good. That's so good. Be her now. And, you know, I think that that is because I always say like you choose joy, right? Like mm-hmm. you, every your stuff that comes with every single day. And you have to choose it. And you said something about, you know, oh, if I just go to Hawaii or I go on a vacation or am I going to, I'll feel that joy. And I think there's so many people when, you know, in life in general, not only when you're in transition, but you're looking for that thing to make you happy. If I just buy the new car, if I just get married, if I just have children, and it's always this one ticker up. And isn't that just like the enemy, like you'll never have complete joy until you have all these things. And that is not really living life the way God intended, Mm. you know, to have joy in the midst of a season that's really difficult, a transition that's really difficult is about trusting God enough Mm. to know that like in this season, I'm going to choose joy right now. I'm going to trust you and choose joy and know that you have the best intent for me. Yeah. And we get to partner with God in that by choosing yeah. to be defiantly, tenaciously obedient to him. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if logically it doesn't make sense. You don't have any evidence. You know, if you look around at your circumstance and your emotional, yeah. you know, place in that any given moment, but it's beyond all logic. It's beyond all circumstance because it's, again, just think of it as otherworldly. But God placed it in his daughters and his sons so that we can share with this world. Yeah. They can be wooed into the kingdom of heaven too. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I I I'm gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the 30-day shred because I feel like so first off, just kind of got me hooked on this. And then um Alyssa got me hooked on it. Yes. So um, we can thank her for that. So shout out to her for getting us on this 30 day shred. And I was like, what is the 30 day shred? Is that like, I've got to like run 10 miles. Cause that is not going to happen. <laughs> you know, that is, that's not happening. I'm not, I'm not of that caliber. Um, but the Bible app has something called the 30 day shred. 
and it's reading the Bible in 30 days. Now, every time I tell somebody that I'm reading the Bible in 30 days, they go, yeah, no, not for me. Yes. And I said, I said that too. Me too. And then I thought, what a great way to start out the new year and to meet a intention that I have Mm -hmm. without the expectation of if I don't do it, I'm a failure. Right. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked about that before we got on here. You know, you're a little bit behind on your days and you start that guilt and that shame starts to come in and kind of eat at you. And then you're like, it's okay. You know, (laughs) it's okay to be a little behind. You can catch up later if it takes my thing in my head was like, if it takes me 60 days, that's okay. It's just the fact that I'm able to do it. And I've learned so much already, like people. You like when you hear pastors say, like, get out your popcorn, like sometimes I'm just like, I have to stop reading and just then like my mouth is on the floor. Like exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The beautiful thing about it, there are three big takeaways thus far. And I'm just finishing up Second Samuel. And it is just phenomenal what God is doing in this act of wild obedience. Right. And I will say, Rhonda, when Alyssa Circle told me about it last year, I was simultaneously attracted to the idea, very allured by this idea. I'm leaning in, I'm asking her questions, and simultaneously saying, I am not doing it. That is not for me. That would be overload yep. information for me. But I did have to prayerfully begin this 30 day shred and I had to manage my mind around it. Okay, Jess, I know you love to dive deep. I know you love to take your time and savor the word. You'll get to do that in February that you'll get to do that every other month. Mm -hmm. But this is getting familiar with the meta narrative of the whole word. It's, it's staying in it so that you can not just read it as information that I'm experiencing it. It's now experiential, not just collecting information. And learning, and you know, even on the the instructions for the shred, it's like, if you have to kind of like skim through it, and I thought, well, skimming, how's that like reading the Bible in 30 days? But it's funny that even when you're skimming, like things will be pointed out. Like, I think it was in, it was in Samuel 8, where they want a king really bad, right? Like, they're like, Mm -hmm. I we want a king. And God's like, why would you want a king? Like he's going to rule over you and you would want this. And God is gracious enough and said, fine, if that's what you want, you can have a king. Knowing that they were going to pay for those consequences later, but God was so gracious and saying, your free will is your free will. So I will give it to you, even though that is not my best for you. And so I think, you know, and seeing how many times that God even, I mean, I'm just like at the beginning, like I'm just barely passing Samuel here or what am I in? I, I don't even know. Chronicles. I think I'm in Chronicles now. Um, but just knowing that like God loves us so much, like he really from the beginning has wanted the best for us. Yes. And we as the people are the ones that are stubborn and we want what we want. Uh, we're like, like I said in my, my book, like we're like Veruca from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Do you remember that movie? I want the world. I want the whole world. Yes. Well, the one that really, yeah, Veruca and then the blueberry, like, you know, like really you you can't, 
she turns in that big blueberry. It's the, my, one of my favorite parts. But yes, Veruca, who's the bad egg, because she doesn't want to wait. She wants it now, you know? And God's intention has always been is the best for us. So I think that's the one thing that I've learned. And I'm like, what? I'm like day 10 in. Yeah. And I've learned it so much. Yeah, it's phenomenal what this is opening up for me in my heart, my spirit, my mind. And the few things that I would say, even the top three things that are jumping out to me are pattern, mm-hmm. generational blessing, generational sin. Yes. Uh, the, the patterns that we see because I'm not, Refamiliarizing myself with where I'm at in the Bible every two or three days, you know, because sometimes I would jump around and read my Bible. I have read the Bible all the way through before, and I took a whole year to do it. And and yet now I'm connecting the dots in a yeah. way, like ooh, in Exodus, you know, eighteen this happened, or in in Genesis, you know, sixteen this happened, and, right. And so I don't have to re-familiarize myself with where I'm at. And in that way, I do feel like I'm binge watching the best Netflix series. Oh my I gosh. I feel like I keep going next episode, next episode. Yeah, with, completely. With the Bible. Completely. And the other thing which has been phenomenal for me to realize is where I thought I would be overwhelmed. Actually, Rhonda, this has been one of the best practices I've done for my soul in a long time. Because three hours might go by and I'm in the word and I didn't have any other mental tabs open at all. Yeah. I was just so consumed with it. And I thought, oh, whoa, what a great break for my mind. Yeah. I I actually have been mixing it up between reading it and listening to it on audio through the app, yes. which has been amazing because I've been doing it every morning. And so I, I get through quite a few in the morning, but it's been really great because, you know, the names are are very complicated. Um, so with somebody else saying the names to me, I'm connecting dots on like, Oh my gosh, that was his father. Oh my gosh, that was his grandfather. Like, I mean, we could talk about the shred forever, but I just wanted to like, kind of touch on that piece as far as like, it was such a great way to start out the new year and really digging into God's word and seeing one more final thing. Yeah. Most important thing about what I'm experiencing as I'm reading the Bible and and living in it because yeah I'll get in the car and then I'll push play on the chapter I left off on the most important thing and this is so big for me and and for all of us when we read the Bible we know often sometimes we are inclined to ask the question what does this tell me about me before we ask the question what does this tell me about who God is yeah yeah this is giving me such so much more capacity in a weird way because it's so much content and so much you know yeah. literature you're consuming but it's just stretching my mind and I'm able to see who God is all the more mm-hmm. and how he shows up and what he wants for us and the original plan in the beginning before sin before Genesis 3 mm-hmm. and yet then sin happened and he had a plan of redemption mm-hmm. and and then his the whole Bible is a, a, a book of redemption, a book of covenant, a book of how God chooses to partner with humans. Yeah. And so I'm learning so much more who God is and his nature. And that changes everything in your world. Yeah. And then he just makes you so grateful. Like, I can't wait to get to the New Testament because I'm like going through the Old Testament and seeing everything that they had to do and all of the regulations before yeah. Jesus showed up, which... You know, I mean, gosh, I could get emotional talking about like 
Mm -hmm. I mean, he literally died. So we did not have to do all of that. Like he just took it all that day. He, with his hands on that Mm -hmm. cross and, you know, his feet nailed to the cross and the crown of thorns on his head, he actually took that on for us. Like how much love does he have for us? Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what we're going through, like his love for us is so great that he took on all of it. Mm -hmm. This sinless man who had never, didn't deserve any of it, Mm. agreed to do this and take it on. And so I just, that's, I think that is the beauty of, of really reading the Bible. And I know I grew up in church and I haven't even read the Bible all the way through. And this has changed my life. Like it has literally changed my life. That's the biggest thing that I find myself repeating when I read through all the things, all the details of all the different offerings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, yes. God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. And God forbid we as Christians ever get to a place where we feel entitled or yeah. we feel holier than just read through the Torah and you'll be yes. on your knees thanking Jesus for yes. doing what he did because he didn't have to, but he did. Yes. I know. So good. Oh my gosh. It's always so good to talk to you. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Well, not really silly questions, but one of them is. So favorite Starbucks drink? Ooh, right now it's a blended vanilla latte. And wildly enough, they don't have that on the menu. So I just have to. Blended. What do they do with that? Like, they, yeah. is it foamy? Or? It's like a smoothie, like a coffee uh-huh. flavored vanilla. It's like a frappuccino. Yeah. All yeah, right. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. I always say that I'm kind of a plain person. I only like like really black coffee with one Splenda, but um, it's okay. I'm going to try that. I'm going to actually, this is why I'm taking, I am taking inventory and putting these all down because this is what I want to try. Okay. This is a little bit of a harder one. What is someone's biggest misconception about you? Wow. That's such a good question. I... I have been confronted with this misconception a lot in my earlier years that because I am vibrantly joyful and optimistic, I realized that God placed that in me. It's part of my personality. It's part of who I am, but I've had to fight really hard to protect it. Because even if it's who you are, the devil's going to try to steal that gift And so I've had to really be tenacious and fight to protect that joy and that optimism. And so a misconception is that I'm not a deep thinker. And and now I geek out over details in theology that I don't think people, I don't think people think that. (laughs) Because you're joyful, you can't be smart? What's that about? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I would get confronted with that quite a bit. And, but I would say even now, the biggest misconception is because I choose to live from a place of joy and I'm an artist, I'm creative. So there's a lot of color. I like freedom. I like to celebrate that. That means I don't encounter hardship to a level that everybody mm-hmm. else does. I I know that people have mistakenly thought that, oh, well, she's that joyful because it's been pretty easy for her. Right. Because she's had an easy life. So it's, yeah. yeah. And I always tell, you know, I tell people, oh, I was telling my daughter this the other day. Like, it's funny because it's like, you can look at a person and think 
this is how their life is. And this is, everything's going good for them, you know? And as you get to know people on a deeper level, you realize that a lot of your pain is some of the pain that they've carried. Mm. And it's just, they might not be as vocal about it and that's okay. You know? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times that can be such a misconception for people that just because you're happy, it means you've had an easy, good life, you know, yeah. and everybody endures hardship. Like you don't get out of this life without hardship. So, you know, if you think somebody has got it better, you probably should know their story before you judge mm-hmm. that. That's right. And also how I took responsibility for my how I show up in the world is that I recognize I don't share as much of the hard part. I don't let people in all the time to the Mm -hmm. hard part. And one, there's wisdom in that. And when you're healing and when you have a a escaping wound, you don't want to invite an audience into it. You want to heal before you open that up and share it. And then also I, I just, this was wrong thinking on my part, but I thought, oh, I don't want to put that on people. I don't want to air my dirty laundry. I don't want to burden them with what I'm going through. But now, ever since 2019, I am much more willing to take that risk to open up and to share the hard part of life. And I do think you have to be, you know, safe with people that are safe and can carry your story well. So I didn't know it means like share with the whole world every hardship you have. But, you know, I think as you begin, like you said, as you begin to heal in your heart from things that you've endured, it's easier to share that on a more public platform as opposed to like, you know, feeling like you have to be private about it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, this was such a good conversation. You are a good question. I love questions. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Jess is like, she's my sister from another mister. So You know, we're where you got, and this is not on video, it's only audio, but Jess and I both have pink on today because we're those kinds of girls. I'm, I'm doing my inner joy, my inner Jessica joy. There you go. <laughs> better. Oh my gosh. Well, I want you to tell us about Beautiful Mind Academy, how they could join that. And then tell us about the Yes Lord Collective. It's coming up here in February. Yes. Um, do you still have spots open and tell us how they can find you and connect with you. I would love to meet you and stay connected with you, friends. And you can find all the information on thebeautifulmindacademy.com is our website. And through there, right at the top of the page, you can join our free community. We have an app. We have over 500 spirit-filled Christian women from all over the globe on our app. I'm on Instagram at Jessica Shakir Beauty, and everything will be linked there as well. And what Rhonda mentioned, we have this really cool course happening right now. It's a part part course, part coaching, a lot of community. It's called the Yes Lord Collective. We want to equip and encourage kingdom entrepreneurs to continue living that Yes Lord life, specifically creative entrepreneurs who are called to write, who are called to speak or preach. We're called to create and design, and we're called to build a business. Those are the four areas that we are diving into, write, speak, design, and build. Say yes, Lord. And beginning January 30th, all the way through the end of February, you're going to meet up to 30 or about 30 Christian female mentors. You're going to learn about them in mentor interviews. You're going to learn from them in teaching modules. And then every Friday throughout February, 
we all get together and we do a live Q&A. So it's not the typical course where you go in and consume content and leave. Our heart is that you find your people, that you gather together, you take that risk to enter into sisterhood with other women who are running the race and who are saying, yes, Lord, I will do this thing. I will be who you've called me to be and I will create and do what you've called me to create and do. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jess, for being on and 24 Karat Tribe, as always. I'm so excited to, you know, be a part of your life every week when you're listening. And you can go like, subscribe and share. Follow us on social media at 24 Karat Conversations. And until next time, sparkle on.